So co-regulation, being able to create almost, I call it like a team, a network of people that can give and receive safe signals that allow you to feel safe. And this is where we really start to be able to take that mask off and be more honest with ourselves ultimately. And that builds nervous system flexibility. Hello and welcome to Behind the Mother Mask. I'm your host, Annie Breen, registered nutritional therapist, master NLP practitioner, and transformational coach for exhausted mums who don't feel enough. My mission with this podcast is to lead with vulnerability by starting to lift the psychological mask you wear each day that protects you and others from the stuff that's hard to explain and talk about. It's about sharing from the middle, not just the open wounds or the healed scabs, but the messy middle. Let's go for honesty over perfection. Because I believe when you transform yourself, you automatically transform your relationships and parenting by passing down wisdom, not wounds. So if you're up for that, you definitely don't need to do it alone. I'm here to lead you on what could be the greatest adventure of your life, behind the mother mask, back home to yourself. Hello, I hope you're well. Welcome back to episode 11 of Behind the Mother Mask. Yay! I feel like every episode I release is an achievement, so let's just celebrate together. Now, this one feels like a biggie for me, although I literally um, prepared it half an hour before (laughs) because I've had a bit of a crazy week, life, let's just say life. So this week I am talking about getting through difficult times, but I actually think I'm going to call it the foundations of getting through difficult times. And to help me out, because I didn't want to do this one alone, and I really love the conversation, I pulled in my amazing friend and fellow NLP practitioner and coach, Nick Greenock. She is also um, a yoga teacher. And her business is Hello Sunshine Coaching. So if you want to find her on Instagram and Facebook, go give her a follow. Um, She is full of wisdom and she's such an intuitive person when it comes to asking questions. In fact, I want to now do another episode based on her questions. They're really good. So thanks, Nick, for helping me out with this one. So, yeah, I share a difficult time and, you know, I had a lot to choose from, but I went with the most relevant and that is my transition into motherhood. The others are probably a bit more interesting and fun, though. (laughs) We'll do them another time. And I didn't want to spend too much time on that because so it's very much a whistle stop tour and a short version because I really wanted to share with you my lessons and what I learned on reflection from going through that difficult time and this has been kind of the journey since that as well so it should really be Annie's life lessons to date but it's much more than just coping or getting through something that's hard this is about how to evolve as a person and become who you really are and believe in yourself so that you can get through shitty situations without being completely derailed. But more than that, you're able to face them with curiosity and learn from them and kind of use them as a launch pad to take you to the next level that really aligns with your purpose. So they are meaty points. I share about five to seven, (laughs) 12, no, five to seven points. And um, what I would say is I'm definitely not telling you what to do. So in a crappy situation, go and breathe and count to 10 and drink this juice. That is not what I'm telling you what to do. It's much more the foundations, the kind of rich life lessons that allow you to evolve as a person, not just solve a problem. Because of that, it might kind of, well, I don't know. You have to tell me. It might be quite 
overwhelming. There's a lot in there. But I invite you just to listen for years of curiosity, for the lens of curiosity. What I would love this episode to do for you is just offer you a fresh perspective, maybe a reframe and some action points. I do leave you with some action points. But what I say to everyone is start where you are. Start where you are on your journey and take maybe one thing that resonates the most. And if there's a point that I speak about where you're just like, I want to know more about that, tell me, because I will record another episode where I will go into the more practical details. Um, I think I need to do that anyway. So a difficult time that is individual to you, whether it is getting your kid out the house or helping them regulate a big emotion or getting them to school, or maybe it's dealing with a difficult family dynamic. Maybe it is getting through a pandemic or a big bang life event, whatever it is. I'm hoping that these um, reflections and life lessons will really help how you respond to those things so that you're not reacting and derailing and sabotaging yourself and suffering in in the response. So without further ado, let's get into episode 11, the foundations of getting through difficult times. So hi, Nick, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Annie. How are you doing? I'm okay, yeah. Um, so yes, I'm okay. I just got back from Wales yesterday and it's like eight and a half hours in the car with Bonnie, but I'm here to tell the tale and then she won't go to school, bless her, this morning. So that took a couple of hours. So literally flying by the seat of my pants, I was just putting these notes together, but obviously I've been thinking about it in the vortex of my mind. (laughs) Flying um, by the seat of your pants, Luana. You're that's like that is when you're in your zone and like you're just you just come to life when you have to just think on your feet. So I think that's more that's better for you rather than having to prepare. <laughs> they they have big pants, <laughs> too much information. But um, Bridget Jones all the way. But so just hello for the listeners, <laughs> Nick, my amazing friend and fellow NLP practitioner is here to help me with this episode because what I'm going to be talking about is getting through difficult times and I thought it would be really awesome if she could ask me a few questions and just prompt me with this um, and potentially keep me on track but good luck with that. (laughs) So how have you been Nick? Yeah, good, thank you. It's been pretty crazy the past couple of weeks, but all good. Yeah, it's just been, it's been a good summer, but it's felt like it's went in a total whirlwind, but I kind of, everybody's kind of thinking that at the moment, aren't they? But no, all good. Awesome. Yeah, happy to get involved today. Amazing. Okay, cool. So we're just going to get into it. And what I will say is, I see Nick's here to keep me on track. This, when I'm talking about getting through difficult times, I'm going to share a time that was particularly difficult. And then I'm going to share my reflections of what I learned and what really helped me. So this is not so much the kind of practical advice, but it's more the underlying kind of foundations to help you get through difficult times. So yeah, and I'm sure we'll go into a few kind of practical tips, but it really what underlies it. Nick. Perfect. Okay, so let's just get started. So can you just share a difficult time in your life? Definitely. I have loads. <laughs> when I was when I was thinking about this, this, Nick, I was thinking, which one shall I share? But I think the one that's most relevant is probably my transition into motherhood. And for me, that was one of the most challenging times of my whole life. And I'm going to share the short version of this, otherwise we won't get to the kind of the reflections. But basically, we got married. And you know, you put all this planning into getting married, and you spend quite a long time on that people spend a year plus. But um, having a baby, sometimes not so much. <laughs> so the pregnancy and all of that was fine, you know, we moved, we need to kind of consider the context that we moved. Um, house we moved country we moved jobs there was so much going on Um, but generally like healthy happy things were okay but after that when I had Bonnie 
everything changed. And I just remember, I remember being in our house here and um, we're, we're still renovating it, but it's not nearly as a shit tip as it was. Like it was a building site. And I've mentioned before, like I'm very sensitive to clutter. Like I pick up on my environment. I feel my mess. I don't see it. But I didn't know this at the time. But everything felt very overwhelming. And that word, it almost felt like it popped out of thin air. Like I'd not used it in my vocabulary before. (laughs) Overwhelming. And I remember sitting in the bed and... I think it was like a couple of days in and it just dawned on me that this was not going to be a quick thing. This was not going to be like a quick baby blues in inverted commas situation. I was in this for some time. And that was it really. I felt completely overwhelmed. I didn't feel good enough to be her mum, but I didn't feel up to the job like I had the capacity to cope so yeah I I didn't feel good enough and what I kind of learned and this is very much on reflection is that the love that I had for her was greater than the love I had for myself so there was this big deficit there was this big gap and I think that became the journey that became my mission to be able to know and understand myself so that I could love and be myself and be better for her but also enjoy and live my life and if I'm honest this went on for about two years and that sounds like a very long time to be struggling like I would have two weeks of the month I'm smiling as I say this because I understand this so much more now, where I just felt in this really low, kind of trapped, dark, scary state. And it was a state of despair. Like you just felt you'd be better off if you weren't there. You didn't want to do anything, um, but you felt you were in the way. And then the, the next two was this kind of survival, just keeping myself above water. And in that time, Dan was made redundant. I, my statutory maternity pay finished pretty much on the same week. So we were left with no money. We had a house that was like a building site. And there was this whole emotional kind of vortex and depletion that was going on that we were trying to manage. There was obviously a lot of protective factors that Dan was there and that we were a team and he was able to spend time with Bonnie. So, you know, I don't want to discount those. But it was very confusing. It was very overwhelming. And then Bonnie did go to nursery, which freed up a little bit of time for me. But if I'm honest, I don't, I was just doing the housework. Like I was doing the shopping. I was just doing that. And it gave me a little bit of space and capacity to kind of have my own thoughts and to tune into myself a little bit. But Honestly, even though I was already a qualified and practicing nutritional therapist, this hit me like a bus. It's like I felt like I should know everything. But when you're in that situation, it's like having the book pushed up against your face. Like it just none of it made sense to me. So I slowly started to take steps to really look at that. And I think the big turning point was, as I mentioned, I I didn't want to die, but I didn't want to cause problems to my family. And I remember one day just sat there, this sounds really morbid, looking at euthanasia like I was Googling it. You know, I'd almost disassociated from myself. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was just reading this stuff. And then at that point, that's when I made a decision. And that decision was that I wanted to live, that I wanted to live and I wanted to live I say the best life my life for myself for my family and for Bonnie and that's where it all began really after making that choice that decision I started to look at myself and my health and what was going on and that's when I discovered the work the gaps that mothers fall through and the work that I now do today leave it on that cliffhanger and this is obviously a bigger story but (laughs) in a nutshell and all that (laughs) so that was the the key turning point for you then and 
you obviously talk about there was just this point where everything sort of changed for you. Um, what were the kind of beliefs that you had at the time in order for that to just snap into that turning point? So you've kind of talked a bit about it, but what was the what was the thing that was just like, right, that everything needs to change? Do you know what? It comes back to my why, and she really fucking is, even though she annoys me a lot from time to time. But it's funny. <laughs> you know, it's that classic kind of, I did a visualisation not long ago on this business course that I did, and it was about visualising your clients at sea and then, like, putting their hand out and, like, there's no one on the beach, what would you do? And my first thing was, like, I'd look for my phone to ring someone because I'm not a good swimmer. Then I imagined it being Bonnie, and I was straight in. Mm. And I think that was it, that she, at times, it felt like she was the breaking of me or being a mum was, but actually... She was the making of me. And I think we have to separate the love we hold for our children and motherhood. Like we love our kids, but motherhood is fucking hard and we could take a break from it now and again. So it was really just that why that didn't really understand the power of why and all this at the time, but it was Bonnie, it was Dan and I was somewhere too, but Dan does remind me that really I did it for her. Amazing. Awesome. So you got that was this turning point, this point where everything started to change and you started to go on this massive journey. Um, so what were the things that you discovered? What did you learn on the way? You're st- you learn every single day. <laughs> You've always got something that you're kind of looking into. So what were the key things? Because we could probably have about 10 podcasts just on the things you learned. So what were the yeah. what were the things you just learned? It's a really good point. And I think I said before we came on this, Nick, like how I I was fighting with my podcast mic before um, I came on here. I couldn't get the little, the turny thing um, loose. How I approach something like that and how I approach Bonnie not going to school and how I approach a pandemic is probably the same. I think how we do one thing is how we do everything. So on reflection, one of the biggest things that I've learned is we see things as we are, not as they are. We view life and whether that is a daily, difficult, challenging situation or whether it's a big bang through our model of the world. And we respond through our belief systems, what we believe about ourselves. And like, you know, I said that I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I could cope or I had the capacity to to be the mum Bonnie needed. We also view it for our values. And I think what I was doing is I was viewing life through my trauma responses, which I will talk about, not my internal value set. There was a lot of unresolved shit. And I think when you become a mum, your children show you that shit (laughs) because they're supposed to, because it is an awakening. It's an opportunity for a human upgrade. And I truly believe that. So, The first thing is just acknowledging that we tend to view life for our own model of the world. We see things how we are, not as they are. And what I did and what I recommend, if you can relate to this, is to become aware of your patterns. Because if something has happened three or more times, it's a pattern. So for me, I journaled. I had actually, I called it my happy book, but it was full of some real dark shit. people want me to publish my happy book now um but I just started to write stuff down and back then it was things like what are my triggers you know when that happens what do I do what are the common kind of themes what makes me happy what's in my social circle so all these kind of things but now I'm quite kind of focused on this so I will write down a pattern that comes up and that might be in a relationship, my conversations with Dan. It might be when I don't have enough sleep. It might be in a parenting where maybe I'm more avoidant, like power under opposed to power with, and I try and kind of hide away. If I can acknowledge that, then I can write down, okay, that situation was to happen again. How would I play it out differently? And we can do that in our minds. We can visualize it, which is priming. And I think that's so powerful. And then we can start to take that step to do it. the first thing is be aware of your patterns amazing the second thing is (laughs) 
you hear this all the time, don't you? And I don't know if this pisses people off on social media, like fill up your cup first, like put your oxygen mask on and all of this. And I think that is great advice, but we know how hard it is when you're in it. And what I would say is, I see mums do this. They try very hard. They drink the green smoothies. They try and like give themselves breakfast or go and do their meditation, yoga. It feels like a bit of a battle of trying to shoehorn themselves into their own life, but they'll get so far and then they'll fall back into the pattern. So for me, it's very much about filling your hole, not your (laughs) cup, because what I'm talking about here is the hidden stress. I thought at that time I was going fucking crazy. I thought like it was me that I was broken and that every other mum in the world is winning at life and doing this and I'm a failure. I'm not cut out for this. What I didn't acknowledge is the hidden stress that I was carrying, the kind of rocks in my backpack that are in my blind spot. And this is very much honoring the fact that we need to have a mind-body approach, that I'm talking about things like, inflammation, imbalances in our gut health. Our gut is connected to our brain. I can't believe I got to my 30s without knowing that. Transgenerational trauma, the ghost in the walls where it feels like something's walking behind you, but you don't know what. Unresolved trauma from the past that might be those small drip-fed moments that made you believe you're not good enough or that big bang event that changed who you are. The spiritual transition into motherhood itself I love I always get her name wrong but I think it's Aurelia Athan she said and I apologize if that's wrong she said that understanding that motherhood is the psychological and spiritual birth of a woman is the greatest story never told and it gives me goosebumps because it is an identity shift it is an awakening it's a human upgrade and there's so much more than what you can see so and just on that sorry I did do some testing so one of the first steps that I took was doing functional testing and functional medicine I take a functional and medicine approach to health being a nutritional therapist and I found that I had a lot of imbalances in my gut and I had a lot of inflammation my brain was on fire that's what overwhelmed is it's a trauma response but it's also inflammation so no wonder I felt like I couldn't cope that I was depleted that I wasn't good enough I couldn't think straight so really being able to look at what the body needed in terms of nutrients and replenishment helped me create the capacity and gave me the energy to deal with some of the bigger kind of stuff um so my advice is be aware of your energy leaks your hidden energy leaks and this might be working with someone to do that. I don't always think we should be doing this by ourselves, but just be aware that there's a whole inner world in there. And there's a lot of stuff that we hide and repress that is taking our energy that is affecting us from the inside out. So it's taking that kind of inside out approach. Perfect. You said you talked about quite a lot of different things there. So transgenerational trauma, the gut brain connection, the the big bang kind of memories and the drip feed memories, the functional medicine approach. So there's a lot of stuff in there. And I think when people want to find help for themselves, they'll tend to go down one route, maybe two. Whereas you've had this kind of you you've had kind of an awakening to so many different sort of schools of thought. And I Is there anything that's sort of been like a golden thread throughout that for you? Have these kind of um, disciplines kind of overlapped in certain ways or is it just sort of been because you've tried so many different things? That's that's how it's um, it's been so successful for you in turning your life around. Yeah, I think belief systems direct your life. There's always the biggest wound and it's the thing we don't talk about. It's the thing we carry by ourselves, And a lot of the time we don't understand it. So I think we can get, it's almost like pulling the thorn out of your foot rather than just putting a bandaid on it. And it comes back to the first point of understanding your patterns and your responses and behaviors, because I think that opens the door to awareness. And then like the layers of the onion, you kind of go on this journey and you, you find information that maybe you didn't know before so I think it's really what is the thing and a lot of us say we don't know but 
most of the time we do we just don't allow us to go there because there's a protective part saying that's too painful or that means we're blaming someone else or, or or whatever but I think it's really looking at we call it in NLP don't we Nick the inner queen the inner yeah. queen is the most powerful piece in the game of chess because you can pretty much move it wherever you want it has power over all the other pieces so the mission for me became finding my inner queen. What was the thread, like you said, that joins everything together? And for me, it was the belief system that I'm not enough and that I come from a generational line where there's the suicide in my line. So actually, the fact that that was my default setting <laughs> is not surprising. And that generational trauma is passed down through generations, through our DNA, it's through our epigenetics, it's through our cells. And it has a huge impact on how we respond to life's event. But if it didn't happen to you, then you can almost go through life thinking, well, I had a privileged upbringing, like I was given on the outset, things look really, really good. But it's more the emotional needs, like were your emotional needs, were your nervous system needs met? And for me, it was feeling unsafe. And that's what I felt around Bonnie. I, I wasn't um, a bit scared of Bonnie from time to time, but it's more <laughs> because she's strong-willed, but it's more that I felt unsafe because I didn't trust myself. Sorry if I went off on a bit of a tangent there, but I think it's just identifying that inner queen. And what happened early on does matter, even if it didn't have directly to you. You know, if you're parented under the umbrella of someone that was dealing with trauma, then you are going to feel the effects of that. You are going to adapt your behavior in accordance to that. So we grow up almost walking on eggshells. We don't know, we can't trust what's being said is the truth, how someone shows up and how someone feels. And that can have a huge impact. A child doesn't know if they're a good child in a bad environment. And I think that's really, really important. So it's acknowledging what went on before can't be suddenly kind of brought up like a volcano when you become a mum. Amazing. And I think just to add to that, there's this, from a young age, you're learning what the normal is around you. And it might be not normal to everybody else, but it's your normal. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to kind of understand where that comes from because you just delete, distort, generalize it. You just delete it if it's your normal. So mm -hmm. it's really difficult to, it's sometimes really difficult to spot the belief systems, what's going on um, in your head and your unconscious to, um, to, to really get to the crux of why you're kind of experiencing something like you're going through challenging times and experiencing some troubles a hundred percent and a lot of it is unconscious yeah. and a lot of the time whether we are trying to get our kids socks on or we're dealing with a pa pandemic we are responding from our historic trauma responses that at one point did keep us safe they were safety behaviors they were essential that belief system was true because you you know you felt that way that was a thing it's validated and I think that's the thing but now as we move into adulthood we're not a kid anymore we are a mother we have the opportunity to really look at these and upgrade them and update them and they're not true anymore most of the time all of the time <laughs> perfect okay so we've covered two then we've gone quite deep into them so what's your what's your next big learning I think the next one is nervous system flexibility you know we hear a lot about the nervous system these days and regulating ourselves and regulating our kids and ultimately it is this feeling safe in your own skin I didn't feel safe in my own skin and what I've learned about nervous system flexibility, and I think what's really interesting is this is something I've learned recently, that if you get so far and you want to up level your life to the next level, if you don't have that flexibility, a bit like doing yoga, Nick, that you will know it takes time to touch your toes. It takes time to stand on your head. Like we build flexibility in our bodies the same has to happen for our nervous system to be able to cope with the next level of challenge. And I think this is really important. We're getting through difficult times because that is what we are doing, that we're building this kind of 
bounce back ability, this resilience to be able to step up to the next level without going back to trauma island or those trauma responses that actually we can step forward and we can step into our purpose and we can not sabotage, I don't always like that word, but we don't kind of fall back into those looping patterns. We can go into the unknown, like Queen Elsa said. Um, And I think what I just wanted to share quickly is like, this is polyvagal theory and Stephen Porges work. Sorry if I said his name wrong. I can never like get people's names right. Is this traffic light system. And you can think about this. This is something just think about maybe journal on that when we're in the green, the kind of parasympathetic, that is so our social engagement system. So we feel safe. We feel at peace. We're kind of in this flow state. And then yellow is danger but I can so I can run I can fight I can flight and this is really important is that we perceive danger so if we have got past trauma that makes us feel overwhelmed and not good enough and we're viewing things as we are not as they are we're always going to be validating our belief systems so we're going to be wired to the fact that that happened before so it could happen again I could fail I could not be up to it I could not be able to cope So it's how we perceive stuff. The body doesn't know if it's happening or not. So if the mind is feeding signals that, shit, you're not good enough because you can't get your kid to school, and then the body is going to respond in this kind of fight or flight. So we're activating our stress response then. And we can become jumpy, tense, kind of easily triggered, impulsive. And that can sometimes escalate into things like rage. But then when the danger has gone, the hypothetical kind of tiger or the child, same thing, has <laughs> gone, then really what we should do is rebalance back into that parasympathetic state. And then the next one is the red. So this is fear. This is fear I can't. So you kind of shut down. And I think this is what I did, that I lived between the yellow and the red for a long time. Um, and this is going back before motherhood, if I'm really honest. I think I was in that fight or flight state for some decades, possibly since childhood. But I learned to kind of shut down and disassociate. And this is where we really disconnect from ourselves because we don't feel safe. And for animals, this is where they kind of play dead. So it's kind of a good comparison. And we kind of have these intense shutdown masks that are unbearable that we put on because we can't bear the intense fear so that sounds quite extreme but I think it's good to just think about where is your emotional home in terms of where you live in your nervous system is it the green is it the yellow is it the red and think about this is something that you can do is the rhythm when it comes to going in and out of these states and what I just wanted to mention here is our isolation because often what what we carry on our own is normally the biggest kind of wound and it's big because we can't share it and we carry so much as mothers in our inner kind of mother load if we think about that internal stress we're carrying worries from the past fears for the future all these kind of things so co-regulation being able to create almost I call it like a team a network of people that can give and receive safe signals that allow you to feel safe and this is where we really start to be able to take that mask off and be more honest with ourselves ultimately and that builds nervous system flexibility perfect I really love that traffic light system I think that's a really great thing for people to be aware of and where what kind of zone are they operating in and how do they actually get back into that green state into that parasympathetic system because I think a lot of the time we kind of reinforce some we kind of reinforce the yellow by doing stuff that's kind of providing that short-term kind of relief whether it be kind of binging um where it kind of be doing kind of doom scroll and all that sort of stuff we're kind of staying in that that kind of amber place rather than going back to the green by doing some really good stuff in there. You talked obviously about building a team as well. So who through your kind of challenging time um, of motherhood, who were the people that you looked up to and the people that you kept in your team to keep you going really? Yeah. And, And they're not always the obvious people, you know, it's for us to build that kind of network. So for me, it was Joe, who I've 
interviewed on here um joe gamble she was my mentor she teach taught me at, at college and she is also i go to her for personal advice as well so she's a functional medicine practitioner so i had her there i had dan he's like my my number one ally i also did go and see a talking therapist and she is the person that is the first person i've been able to talk about some of this stuff openly like I've never said it out loud before so that was amazing I went to and I think that's what you what you were just saying Nick about you know the nervous system and the traffic light and what we can do to come back being fucking honest (laughs) because what when we talk about oh you need to let go of that shit and just let it go Queen Elsa style part of letting go is being honest And we don't always think about it like that. So if you want to be able to come back into that more relaxed state, we need to release some of these overwhelming emotions that are holding us stuck in those kind of trauma responses. And part of that is just sharing. And it might be a professional you pay. It might be a friend that you really trust. I have friends that make me laugh. I have friends that are really good for the emotional side of things so you can look at that who's going to give you the kind of scientific knowledge who's going to give you just the the laughter who's going to give you that kind of listening ear I also went to a support group at the time which validated that I wasn't the only one suffering so those are definitely the main ones I think just on that point about the honesty being fucking honest is so important but a lot of people find that really hard there's a lot of vulnerability that comes with that so obviously you're kind of in a place where you support the vulnerability and people being vulnerable whether it's they go and speak to their friend or they speak to a therapist or they speak to whoever vulnerability just just on a bit of a side note how does that sit with you now (laughs) you know you lead me on to the next point because only part of you feels vulnerable And only part of you feels like you can't use your voice. You can't speak your truth. My belief was it's dangerous to speak my truth. But even before I uncovered that belief, it was like, I'm broken. (laughs) You know, I'm not worthy. I'm not valuable. It's me. It's kind of that black sheep mentality of going back to my 20s and how I responded to some of these trauma things. So... Now, vulnerability is very liberating because I know when you liberate yourself and you're honest, you're liberating someone else. And to have one person drop into my DMs and say, oh, my God, I feel that too, or I totally relate with what you're saying, my job is done. My job is done. And I think it takes us back, Nick, to my mission with the podcast is to prevent suffering in silence because if we can model humanness to our kids and we can learn to manage our emotions and resolve historic trauma and trauma responses and step into our purpose we're modeling that to our kids and also they know they can always come to us it doesn't matter what's happened or you know like brian was saying on last week's podcast let them fuck up but the goal is that they come to you when they do and if we have openly fucked up and we've repaired and we've said sorry or we've explained ourselves in a kind of kid appropriate way depending on the age of your child like I'll talk to Bonnie about my hormones and my period and stuff like that then that's that's okay like that is okay and I think you know there's parts of us that feel that we have to be the strong one we have to have it all together we have to be the responsible one and my question to you be is where how old is that part you know, when did you first feel that you had to take on the world and take on other people's emotions and look after people? Because I bet it's not just in motherhood. Motherhood might have revealed it. And it's about what part of you is running the show? You know, I felt consumed and overwhelmed, but now I know that was only part of me because I didn't believe I was up to the job. I know when I felt angry, it's not all of me that feels angry, it's part of me. And that's normally because I don't feel seen or validated. So what does that part of me need to feel seen, loved, significant, kind of validated? And this is something that we do a lot with NLP, isn't it? Is that we look at those different parts. And I think that we carry 
many of them. And for me, I was kind of parenting from that child place. And I know Bonnie turning five brought up a lot for me when I was five. But it's just having that awareness that that is what is happening. And it's not about hiding those parts and being ashamed by them. It's about bringing them in and including them and understanding that they're trying to tell us something. And we need to know what those lessons are and what the need is so that we can feel more whole. And I read the other day that the meaning of healing in some different cultural language is wholeness. And ultimately, that's what we're striving for, I think, as mothers is to feel more whole. Hopefully. Love that. Acknowledging your parts. Absolutely. So crucial. So, so crucial. And I really love the point you said about vulnerability is liberating someone else. So when you're vulnerable, you're you're allowing other people to be vulnerable as well and kind of understanding their parts as well. So, no, really, really great insight. Thank you. Okay, so that's just got four juicy ones. I think we said we were going to go for five, but I think I might squish you for six. So let's go for the fifth one. So what are you, what's your next learning? Cool. Sorry, can I say one more thing on the parts? Yeah, <laughs> Just to leave you with an action point is, if it is anger, like what were you taught about anger? If you lose your voice, and I hear this all the time, you feel like you can't speak your truth or ask for what you need, what is your earliest memory of that? What is the protective mechanism? What was the belief? And I think it's really good just to have a think about that in terms of when you're journaling around these patterns and these things are coming up, where have they come from? And what is that part trying to get for you? Most of the time it's to keep you safe so that you can feel peaceful. Isn't that interesting? It's not trying to sabotage you. Moving on. Sorry. (laughs) This is the bit, this is a big one. I was going to start with this one because I think it's everything. We're talking about getting through difficult times. Bring myself back on on track. Where are you heading? Because if we are in a really shit or challenging situation and we don't have a kind of lighthouse to where we are heading, a vision then we're just going to focus on the problem and most of the time become the problem where we start making ourselves bad or wrong. So I think it's really good to have a think about what is the lifestyle that you are trying to create for you and your children, your family. And this really allows you to kind of tap into your purpose of how you want things to be. Also, if you can use your imagination and visualization, that does create something called neuroplasticity. And what you're doing there is you're rewiring your nervous system. And that helps with nervous system flexibility. It puts you back in that parasympathetic state, in that kind of green light state. So for me, it's just understanding allow yourself to dream imagination is a form of planning even if it's just thinking about the next step or the next level of your life and allowing yourself to have that vision because you know we know where your focus goes energy flows I would also throw in a bit of faith there one of my values is faith like I know that things will work out as they should. I've got a lot more trust in whether you call it the universe or spirituality. I'm a very spiritual kind of person. Where faith goes, energy flows. I think this is so, so important that we can rely on faith, that we believe that things are going to work out. I did not always have that belief system. For a while, when I was going through that dark patch that I mentioned to you, Nick, I didn't believe that. I believed the opposite. So I think it's through this journey and proof and just evidence that we have survived 100% of our life and we've got this far. And let's reflect back and reflect back on our resources and our journey. Where are we heading? How do we want life to be? That for me is probably the biggest shift at the moment that is allowing me to get that little kiddie to school, that is allowing me to like juggle the day to day, deal with the like financial issues, deal with... um my business and where I'm kind of all these kind of challenges, I am very, very clear on my vision. And that has come through this process and just taking it one step at a time to the next level. Can I just also say off the back of that, and I know we're getting to the 
end and I have got one oh Nick have you got something to say on that I think the just your point on the vision and taking it one step at a time is so so important I think when people have a bit of a goal in mind they just want to do it all and they want to go and then they get themselves caught up in the overwhelm and then they get back to kind of square one from where they were at before but it's how can you make tiny tiny little kind of incremental changes yeah to get towards your vision because you're still living your vision you're doing it every day by moving forward and making it manageable I think it's just a really important point that you made there Annie it was just it was good to say that that it, it isn't just going all in it's like not changing from the light goes off to the light goes on it's like there is there is a process in place that you need to go through and you need to go through the tough times in order to I guess set you up for reaching that vision 100% and that kind of brings us to the last point and I just think with the vision what it does is you you know you've tuned into the awareness you've identified your patterns you're aware of how the past might be sort of influencing the present and all of this now really what makes the change is the action because we've got all the fucking knowledge in the world we don't need more knowledge sometimes we do and maybe this stuff isn't being shared in the mainstream enough this is why I created my program but it's much more about how we embody that how we take those lessons and we embody it into our nervous system and we teach our nervous system what it feels like to feel faith to feel joy to feel fulfillment and that's what we do by taking that one step towards where we want to be and you don't have to have it all figured out the path very much unfolds for me but it's about that kind of that that trust and allowing your body to feel and behave in alignment with what you want not what you don't want and takes us to the last bit outside forces they shape our identity I think it was Winston Churchill that said don't let a good crisis go to waste (laughs) it might be a A crisis is a crisis and there's no hierarchy in trauma. So if something is important to you, it's important to you. If something affects you deeply, it affects you deeply. We don't need to compare it to other people's crises. But I think what we have the opportunity, and this is what I learned here, is we get to rewrite a different story. And, you know, a big part of my work, there's three big parts. It's helping you find your identity so that you can reclaim your energy. And part of that is resolving the unresolved shit and trauma that we carry from day to day. And actually that's where our greatest lessons are. So maybe this is about being the transitional character in your family line. Maybe it's changing the pattern and breaking the cycle. And this is where we really learn from our battle scars and transform them into our badges of honor. And that's what we pass to our children. And it's how we, again, embody that learning. Okay, so I'm going to choose to do something different. I'm going to choose to be different. I'm going to choose to respond differently. The more that we do it, we rewire the nervous system and we create that flexibility. I think that is my final point. (laughs) Awesome. That's great. No, thank you. So unresolved trauma is obviously a big thing you've talked about. So what is the biggest lesson if you could go back to younger Annie what would be the biggest lesson that you could take back to Annie to release her of this kind of of these emotions that she'd gone through over time and repeated through different patterns I think it's self-acceptance nice and it's definitely like a a part that I still am trying to nurture that ultimately it's accepting ourselves and validating and approving ourselves we don't need other people's approval we need our own I think that's the big one and that you don't need to do it alone that that co-regulation is really really important and there's always a different way you know don't feel that you have to go by the norm and go to the people that you think you should go to you know fuck the shoulds it's about creating your own norm it's about finding your own dare I say tribe or people And I think for me, a big thing, and it's probably a part of me I pushed away for a long time, is bloody embracing the rebel. You know, it takes a bit of rebellious courage to go against the norms. It takes rebellious courage to do this work. So it's very much for me, it would be self-acceptance and telling her that she needs to be a little bit bad from time to time and go against the tide because she was a bit of a good girl. And to trust 
Trust your intuition. Don't doubt yourself. Believe that what your body is telling you, what your gut is telling you, wherever that comes for you, that it is the truth. And yeah, I think that that is probably, I'm trying to think, the final thing that I wanted to leave people with and this is something Katie I interviewed her on episode three said to me she didn't say in that episode she actually said to Dan but I've taken it as my advice too um is that if you can parent Bonnie you can do anything and what I've that has honestly shifted shifted something in me because what I used to think is I can't do anything if I'm going to be Bonnie's parent so I can't do my career I can't do all the other things I need to sacrifice all those things so I can be there for her and be the mum she needs but actually it's the other way around how many of us don't acknowledge that what we're doing as mothers is one of the hardest but fulfilling and life-changing jobs ever it is a human upgrade it is an opportunity to look at the parts of ourselves that have not been nurtured so that we can include them that we can step up we can raise our own standards we can rebel and go our own way and we can model that to our kids creating an environment where they know they can always come to us because we are human and I think if you can do that you can do anything Love that. I think that's a really great place to end. You can include this if you want to, but if you had to sum up this discussion in one inspirational quote, I know you've got a bank of them stored in your head. What would be what would be the inspirational quote you'd want to finish this episode on? Okay. And this is my belief, and this is what Caroline Miss actually says, but she says that each generation is supposed to challenge the generation that gave it birth. This is how the wheel of change keeps turning. It's meant to challenge and bring down old structures and initiate new. And I really believe that. Love that. (laughs) If we can do that, we can do anything. Awesome. So much in that, Annie. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nick. Sorry, I'm just sat here like I forgot. Um, This is my podcast. Um, thank (laughs) Thank you so much. It wouldn't have been the same if I tried to do it on my own so I really appreciate that and um, thanks so much for your time and for doing that Nick I will see you soon goodbye bye oh thank you so much Nick that was brilliant I hope that you enjoyed that and I hope it offered you a shift in perspective a fresh perspective please let me know and if you're sitting there or walking or standing thinking oh my goodness yeah like I really want to start to take that step forward for me and this makes a lot of sense but I don't know where to start I need support then please do give me a shout because I would love to chat to you and just to say I am on the I say the cusp of launching or releasing my new updated improved program and I'm not going to tell you the name yet because I'm still playing with it but that's really really exciting so keep your eyes peeled for that but don't wait if you would like help now get in touch and we can arrange a chat you don't have to do this alone brilliant I hope you have a good week and I'll be back next week with another episode of Behind the Mother Mask Take care.